Mega Dads Live is a mature-rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! everyone to Megadads Live, your monthly visit to the place where gamer life meets real life podcasting since 2014. We are the ultimate podcast to help you balance your love of games, media with joys of life in the real world. My name is Adam Leonard and I am your host coming to you from the 33rd floor of Megadads headquarters located right here in the heart of our nation's capital, Champlin, Minnesota, which by the way, it's April now. Uh, we should not be getting a foot of snow on Megadad's headquarters. That's is that right? Rude. That is rude. It is wow. unacceptable. Uh, it's 50 degrees out today. That's just how we rock here in Minnesota. You get a foot of snow and then you get 50 degrees so that everything melts and pools up and uh, it's just puddle city out there. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself because I am joined, as always, by my lovely assistant, Manning the Switchboard, Mabel, Mabel, how's it going today? Yeah. Yes, you've had you've had an an incredible, incredible week. Uh, as we all know, this is this is cause for celebration. This is a big deal around here uh, because we found out that Trump got indicted. Yay! And, and not only did Trump get indicted, um, but Mabel is. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Mabel is part of the justice system. She's part of the process, and she's actually going to be um, she's going to be fingerprinting him. She's going to be taking the mug shot. We actually have um, some some footage, some some footage of Mabel breaking the news to uh, Donald Trump that he was going to be uh, indicted. And this is exclusive, so let's just let's cut to that right now because Mabel's really excited to share this. This is how it all went down. World premiere. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. They call them dumps. Big, massive dumps. Shut up. Shut up, silly woman. Grab him by the pussy. Oh, my God. I'm going to come. Okay. That's... I. It, it clearly got really... Uh, heated and kind of erotic. Strangely. How long did it take? How long did it take you to come up with that exclusive footage, Adam? I'm so curious. Mabel, so Mabel just she she brought that to my desk right before right. we we got started here, and she said, right. "Hey, I don't know if I'm supposed to be sharing this because like this is obviously privileged information, but when you have uh, when you have some audio of Donald Trump saying, "I'm gonna come," you you use it. You know what I'm saying? Is, is that going to be on our soundboard? Because this is a new day this, for Megadeth. <laughs> it's it's going to be exciting stuff. He's a man who who loves his punishment. I'm going to come. So this, uh, is, this is great. It's a brand new day. It's going to be the the pre come like or and the post come. It was Megadads <laughs> before we had the button and Megadads after we had the the, the come the, sound effect. The, the the come button. Yeah. This is so great. so Mabel <laughs> Mabel, Mabel Mabel. Good job. Congratulations. You finally got him. 
Uh, we look forward to more information coming from you later. Uh, but on the second chair, on the hot mic, we have, of course, the hypecaster himself, Antonio. How are you doing today, sir? I am fantastic. I was at the mall. I went to the mall for like uh, the second time since the pandemic was, was oh, wow. winding down. So we were really careful. It was empty. And my wife starts screaming. She's like... We got him. It happened. We're just like, whoa. And, oh, you and, got the news at the mall. And you yeah, just started, at the mall, started break we, dancing. Yeah. We ran home. We we just popped a bottle and it was it was great. Watched the news mm-hmm. and listened for the breakdown. It's you know, it's it's about justice, right? It's like if it, he he's a, a criminal on, on so many fronts and yep. it's it's great that they get him eventually and who knew it was going to be related to payoff money and stuff like that i mean they're gonna we're gonna learn more about it but bottom line it's it's a great day do you remember when everyone celebrated like the death star had just blown up when <laughs> trump lost the his, the re-election yeah bid oh my god people were dancing in the streets there were ewoks mm-hmm. with like stormtrooper helmets on pikes yeah there was it, there was a group was of wild. ewoks in our cul-de-sac uh, playing the drums on those on those stormtrooper helmets it was fan fucking tastic so i can't wait until the leak of the mugshot it's i'm gonna i'm gonna get t-shirts gonna made great. uh for my entire family it's just Absolutely. gonna be amazing well can't you wait. know Typically, we just we go into our super positives. I think that's like a bonus super positive this yeah. month. Um, but let's let's do this thing proper. We always start each episode with something that we're super excited about or thankful for, and it sounds a little something like this: Mega Dad's being super positive. Besides the Trump indictment, Antonio, what are you super positive about this month? My daughter is learning more and more uh, about the world and she can do her count to 30. She knows the difference between like shades of blue. She's like, no, this is a lighter blue. This is a darker blue, like all sorts of like complex stuff, doing some basic addition and doing your taxes stuff like that. Like I wish that's what's up next. I'm like next year, don't slouch because I'm about to give you some more responsibility. So we're, we spell things uh when we don't want her to hear it like we don't want her to know that we just bought some Mm c-o-o-k-i-e-s like you know we we don't want to uh let her know that we just got a b-o-n-u-s because she'll start asking for m-o-n-e-y to go you're confusing me i can't follow you (laughs) fast. so so we're spelling things like trying to have her not hear and she's like wait i i got one she's like d-r- D R E. Dr. Dre? Yes. So <laughs> so she she started to spell and one of the first things that she spelled just like, you know, out of the blue, she wanted a chance to start spelling. She spells Dr. Dre. And I was like, <laughs> this child is on a road to fame and fortune. Like what a genius. Wow. So she starts spelling all sorts of like inappropriate um words but she i don't think she knows uh if she does it's a little disturbing but most of the time you know she doesn't she she doesn't know so it's i think it's it's a great thing to watch your kids grow up and surpass you when the when the the master and the student change roles it's it's excellent she reminds me in the morning to brush my teeth she's like no dada you did not brush your teeth and i'm just like you know what (laughs) 
I've been a scumbag. <laughs> I've been a scumbag for like a couple decades until you came along. Thank you for oh. for getting me up on my hygiene. That's your kids keeping you honest. Yeah, for real. My super positive is also about. Uh, well, it's about one of my kids. You know, I've got a favorite. Everybody, everybody. You know, you have two 100%, kids or That's multiple. why I only have one. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bring in the 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 B team second stringer. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm all right. Well, I took my son to his very first concert Shocker. last week, and um, it was not Dr. Dre. Uh, we I, we went to a Final Fantasy piano <gasps> concert. Are you it, serious? And it was amazing. It was a very small venue. It was in like a it was in a um, an Back art alley. institute basically. So it was like a museum with a theater attached to it. So it wasn't a huge venue. So very intimate setting. We were in the third row right in front of the piano and it's just one solo pianist pianist i'm gonna come so (laughs) uh, right on 10 um, points uh and it was just fantastic i mean a lot of the music they they spanned the entire 35 year history of final fantasy which most of that was over my son's head but like Mm -hmm. he he knows final fantasy 6 and final fantasy 7 final fantasy 15 things like that and just uh, they had a big screen on the stage. So every time he'd play the music, they would play footage of the accompanying game. So wow. even if he didn't know what it was, he could see really cool cutscenes and things like that. So he was into it. And me, of course, as a guy, as a lifelong fan of Final Fantasy, I was just in heaven, right? So it was his very first concert experience. He was really nervous about it. Am I going to need earplugs? Because he knows that I've got tinnitus from too many mm, rock shows. Right. And, he was kind of, he had the butterflies and all that stuff. But once it got going, he was just like, he loved it. So it was super cool to take wow. him to his first concert experience. And it was a gaming one that we could share together. That's so, awesome. Did yeah, you cry? Did you weep at the beautiful accompaniments? I just, I was just in buckets, buckets pouring from my face. I've been to one uh, Final Fantasy concert before. It was the... Um, what are they called? Like the distant worlds, I think. Where yeah. It's kind of a small, a small con- uh, orchestra. Yeah. And that was really cool. But this was literally one dude on stage just playing piano. So if you're a fan of like the piano collections, uh, it was called, oh shit, I'm going to blank on the name. It was Crystalline Resonance, I believe, was the oh, name wow. of the tour. Uh, and it was Final Fantasy music from, from start to finish. They covered everything and it was really cool. And I had a great time and it was, it was a lot of fun to share that with my kid. I missed my opportunity to go once, but I hope to catch it in the future. Final Fantasy, uh, I mean, gaming in general has some absolute bangers, absolute amazing OSTs, and Final Fantasy just has, wow, like such a such an amazing, uh, across the years, uh, so many great tracks. So that's great. Adam, was, wow. You know, it's really cool to, Raising to them right. see like the entire history oh, yeah. of the franchise because... A lot of people, when they think Final Fantasy music, they think of Nobuo Uematsu and the original yeah. tale, the original scores. But boy, it really puts it into context that this franchise has had such a varied lifespan, like so many different creators and musicians, and they've really run the gamut on that series. And so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Amazing. With that said, we're going to get into our Mega Dad's dictionary term, and that is. Every episode of Mega Dad's Live, I come to Antonio with a. I'm going to come. <laughs> they came all over the place. I, <laughs> I I come to Antonio with a new term that we have to use throughout the course 
of the podcast. And this is a really interesting one. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. If you hear this term correctly throughout the podcast, you're going to hear this sound right here indicating that we did it right and we got a point. And Antonio, you are responsible for delegating the usage of these points. Got it. What can we turn them in? What can we redeem these points for? If you win by using the Mega Dad's dictionary term more than the other co-host here, you (laughs) you get the platinum package Okay, a brand uh, new eyeball. Uh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> and for those of you, who, for those of you who don't know, Adam has an eye issue. I believe it's like a an eye ulcer, so he's always like winking at me uh, during this recording. He kind of looks like you know Quasimodo, like not him, yeah. but his like ugly cousin. So Quasimodo's cousin i appreciate that that's what adam looks like right now it's like oozing at me and stuff so I, brand new eyeball you could swap one out like in uh guardians of the galaxy or no that was uh end game or something like that where don't be where rude Thor gets a new eye it's okay don't worry about it. <laughs> so okay whatever i appreciate you making fun of my uh my severe eye injury um and today's dictionary term is I am low-key, literally dead-ass dead. Yay! Do I have to say all of that? All. There's no lo- acronym? No. These kids are fucking lazy. I am low-key, literally dead-ass dead. Get your pen out, your loose-leaf paper. I am low-key, literally This cannot be a term. Dead. It's multiple terms. It's an amalgamation <laughs> of bullshit. It, and it, and it, you use it when you're surprised. I am low key, literally dead ass dead. Yeah. Surprised. Okay. Yep. That's it's a, it's, it means you're surprised. All right. I don't know if this counts, but whatever. I mean, there's no, we don't have to, we don't have to abide by any official rules. I mean, what are the mega dad's dictionary? I mean, you don't, rules? you don't want to, you don't want to get Mabel upset. She's the rule keeper over there. Do I get multiple points for using this each time? Like, is this a three pointer? Man, you just got to work hard for it this month. Okay. They're not all, they're not all simple, you know, one syllable things. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta get your workout in. Let's talk about some games, dude. There, there are a lot of games to talk about and I am excited because I've been playing one that I've been, that I've had on my periphery. I've had it on my radar. I've wanted to play it, but boy, have I had the most incredible time with Chia. Chia is an adventure game developed by Awaseb. 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 This sounds terrible. Apologies for the mispronunciation. Awaseb and Kepler Interactive. It's available on PlayStation 5 and PC. Now, Besides the butchering of the developer, uh, the developer's title, this game, this game, Chia, I'm going to start before I say anything else about it, that this is my current game of the year. I absolutely love this game. Now, I'm low key, literally dead ass dead at that. (laughs) As mega dads, we obviously don't have the time, the resources to play everything. There are lots of games that I still want to play. I still want to play a hi-fi rush. I want to play Resident Evil 4, which we're going to talk about later. But as of right now, the sampling that I've had of 2023, Chia, is 
so my kind of game. It is an open world adventure game with gorgeous aesthetics, a very sublime and low key tempo to it. It's charming. It's it's got it's got what all great open world games have, which is just like a it's a playground. It is a world to discover. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, the new Zelda game later on. But what I loved about Breath of the Wild was that sense of discovery, right? They drop you in a world. You have a map um, that kind of shows you roughly where you are. But it's all about that experience of exploration and finding things in the rough that are hidden. Caves and tunnels and underwater treasures and mountaintops with viewpoints and vistas. There are races to be had. Uh, there's a claw machine where you can get cosmetics and new costumes from. You can soul jump kind of like Mario Odyssey-like where, you know, remember when Mario Sweet. would throw his hat and yeah. he would take control? You can soul jump into just about any creature that you see in the game. That is Chia's special power. Wow. So she can jump into a crab or a pigeon or a shark if you're in the ocean, a sea turtle if you're in the depths. And you get these animals' abilities. So, like, if you're a, if you're a dolphin, you can zoom super fast through the ocean and jump and flip out of the water. Uh, if you're a crab, you can use your pinchers to uh, break through chains that are locking passageways. So each animal has like incentive. You can also soul possess things that aren't alive, which are kind of interesting. You can jump into a rock or a coconut or a banana or a rake or a shovel and just kind of flop around the world and it's silly and it's fun and it's all about that sense of just like open play of what can I do? And there's there's a narrative to this game. You play as this little girl whose father is kidnapped by this evil spirit who lives high above the island and you have to find a way to go and rescue him. But um, like I said, with all great open world games, it's all about that sense of immersion and world and just making that time and that adventure and that sandbox your own and this game is just absolutely charming and delightful the visuals are amazing the music is fantastic um it is it takes place on this uh i believe it's like a pacific island chain it's and, a new caledonia that's that's where it's trying to hit like this uh tropical environment mm -hmm. so it's a french territory in the pacific ocean um, with a diverse culture and natural beauty. So it, it looks fantastic. A nice the tropical. Game, the, yeah, the game rock. leans really heavily into what is, I assume, like island lore. Like you learn about mm. like a lot of the gods and the culture and the characters. All the games, all the game's residents speak French. So there's no English wow. voice acting. There is subtitles, which is kind of fun to be playing this with my son, who's really working on his reading skills. So he's reading French the subtitles. Reading yeah, no, the characters speak <laughs> French, but the English subtitles um, help you understand the story. And it's just really fantastic. It's got a really interesting, dry sense of humor. Um, it The game leans into like magic and, and gods and things like that. And one of the things you have to do in the game is you have to collect a dead, uh, dead chicken to appease the gods. And you find you find this girl on this chicken farm, and she's like, "You need a dead chicken, right?" Yeah. She chops this chicken's head off right in front of you, what? and then the body starts running around, and it's spurting blood from its neck. What? And she's like, "Well, they stay they stay alive for a little while after you do this." 
I shit you not, like two hours later in the game, the chicken is like a character in the game, this headless chicken that you pull out every once in a while and it's just running around, spurting blood out of its head. It's weird. It's got this really interesting, eclectic sense of humor to it uh, that that I enjoy. I appreciate I, it a lot. So I know that that's your type of humor, um, slaughtering animals. So yeah. Um, but I, I, what I don't understand is like the visuals. Like you were saying, it's like a cartoony, like very Wind Waker. Yes. Uh, look to it, not as cartoony as that, but. Definitely the character models and everything kind of look like that Wind Waker style with the eyes. It's like Wind Waker meets almost like claymation in a way. Um, And the game itself is heavily inspired by Nintendo. I talked about the Mario Mario Odyssey soul jumping parallels, but this game is straight up Zelda through and through. You have the, the glider where you jump off of a top of a mountain and you you have your big glider and your stamina depletes as you're soaring. You can collect special fruit to enhance your stamina. Um, You have a sailboat that you take out a la Wind Waker and you can go anywhere with it. All sorts of little mini games and characters and villages and stuff. As the only thing it's missing uh, is combat. You can battle in this game. There are certain areas where uh, there are like enemy camps. Another open world game staple, and you can get into conflicts in in those areas, but mostly overall the game is all about that exploration, and you're doing tasks and solving puzzles. There's like a whole treasure map sub game in here that's freaking amazing, where you get these treasure maps, and it has a hand drawn depiction of where you need to go and then you locate it on the island and you have to go and find the place and match the drawing up to where you actually are and then that leads to a treasure chest which has the next treasure map and it's just this the sense of of doing and just enjoying your time and making of it what you will in chia is it's something that really really speaks to me i love this kind of game uh it's available on playstation plus the top medium and large tiers. Really? Um, So it's part of my subscription already. I didn't have to buy it in addition to that. And, you know, I think it's like, it's like PlayStation's Hi-Fi Rush right now, where people are saying that Mm -hmm. that was the Game Pass game that was like game of the year caliber. I think this is the PlayStation Plus game that is game of the year caliber. Obviously, there's a lot of time left in the year, but I love Chia. I'm having so much fun with it. I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, humming the music in my head that just the culture and the character and the sense of exploration is top notch. I love this game. The question I have is who's the audience then? Because you have a, a great, you know, young female protagonist. Um, and, but then you have like the blood on, you know, running around with the chicken and all that. Um, what is, what is the age range then for something like this? Do they, I think this of- is young adult. Okay. Like 10, 10 year old kind of fair. I mean, there are family only a friendly co- with the blood splatter. There are only like, a couple of moments. Can- there's there's only a couple of moments where there is like a little dark edge to it. And I mm. would liken it to, you know, when we were growing up, we had movies like The Goonies, yeah, which were aimed at younger kids. Yeah. Today, Beetle you know, there, there's basic you know, they, instinct. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I feel like it's that kind of thing where it's 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 
appropriate for young kids. There are a few edgy moments. And, you know, the chicken with the head cut off thing, they don't show the head get lobbed off. It cuts away, and then it shows this little cartoony chicken body with, like, a chicken bone sticking out of the neck, you know, real cartoony-like. And then the little blood droplets, the blood spurts. So it's not super graphic. Yeah, 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 it's not super graphic. But it is edgy. Um, It's perfectly acceptable for my son, who's eight. He's, you know, he's fine with it. Uh, There's, that's really, there's only, like, one or two moments in the game that we've experienced so far that are kind of like, eh, it's a little risque, but for the most part, it's it's a really good, uh, it's a really good game for young kids because... Um, like I said, there's not a lot of combat. There's not an excessive amount of conflict in the game. It really is just about putting you on this island and you having adventures throughout it as you play through this narrative of trying to rescue your dad. It looks like it's checking all the boxes. You know, you have the island exploration and, you know, like some physics gameplay. The Wind Waker mixed with Mario mixed with like Breath of the Breath Wild. Of the Wild. It, it just seems like a, a out of the park hit, except I like the um, con- combat and for it to be fairly challenging. I guess I could do without, you know, necessarily combat, but how about then the puzzles? Are they very difficult or baby easy? Take, you know, something from point A to point B, put the key in the hole. Like- it's, for the most part, there is not a lot of challenge to this game. Okay. It's um, kind of an easy ride. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, it, it, small I think- hills. Yeah, the, the most challenge is probably the, the treasure, the puzzle, the, the treasure map puzzles where you're trying to locate all the different map locations uh, and it's side quest kind of stuff. But for the most part, um, it, there's not a lot of challenge here. It's a really easy, uh, low stress kind of game, which I like those kind of things. You know, I like I like games like Night in the Woods and uh, Outer Wilds where it's just kind of real low key and you can kind of take it at your own pace. I... I love this game and it's also you know it's a it's a great game for people who have a limited amount of time because you can do little bits and bites um without feeling like you're investing going through a huge dungeon or something like that you know maybe you're just gonna go to this part of the island and collect some soul fruits to enhance your powers or you're gonna go get a treasure here or go run a race there um that's the time to beat is 12 to 15 hours not the completionist but just the main game mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. like a very nice experience there i'm glad that it's on ps plus and uh, it looks like something that everybody should try out and yeah nice if you've got if out. you've got the subscription i can't recommend it higher it's it's really really a good time look at you adam finding a diamond in the rough over here i was gonna say it's a little bit slow uh you know for the last uh, month or so but it looks like you're uh you're still finding the goodies over there. I am. Um, let's let's skip to you to one of your games. Absolutely. Which which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Diablo Four. Diablo Four Open Beta is an action hack and slash role playing game developed and published by Blizzard Entertainment, and it will be available. You're going to have to explain this a little bit. Absolutely. I I don't know if the beta closed or not, but it will be available on all the major platforms, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, not Switch, huh? No. All right, let's talk about Diablo 4. All right, so Diablo 4 is coming off of a um, little bit of a slump. So if you don't know, which everyone knows, Diablo is one of the most famous hack and slash um, action RPGs. It's uh, one of the 
looter games where you go and enter dungeons and destroy mobs of enemies and you get slightly better loot and equipment and <laughs> the whole game is just built around that gameplay loop and it's it's great problem is over the years um blizzard you know now activision blizzard has gotten some heat uh for various things you know they have one of those evil dictator people at the top and then you have um the problem with monetization so the last attempt at diablo after the third entry was something called diablo immortal and it was out on pc and mobile and it had some very predatory microtransactions um attached to it people would need to grind or um pay amazing amounts of money to get everything in game a lot of it was cosmetic but then of course it becomes a problem with what we call pay to win where it affects the gameplay and you could be better than other people and skip and have your time Ugh. time for it all sorts of things were happening and as you know these days they have the science down of it so they really tap into that animal part of the brain where it's like oh at the end of your first main quest we, you can buy this now for a dollar and then they're like getting you in slow and then charge you slightly more the next time and all these things so people love diablo as a franchise but it's had its ups and downs the diablo open beta happened in march and i was able to play it me i like diablo i'm not the biggest fan i tend to get into it when you know buddies are playing uh diablo 2 resurrected was a remake of the second game that came out about five years ago i believe or four and then um we have of course uh, Diablo 3, Diablo Immortal, and now this one. So I was lukewarm about the whole situation. I tried again because other people were getting hyped about it. Again, not the biggest, you know, Blizzard fan, especially at the moment. And I was able to jump in and I was very, very surprised. So the whole hook of this game is it's Diablo with a little bit of a darker tone. Diablo 3 was like more cartoony in a way, a little the a bright color palette, and Diablo 4 is now getting back to its more mature roots and there's just blood everywhere. Um crazy like looking monsters and It's like Demon Gauntlet basically what this yeah, is, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's called Diablo. In the opening mm -hmm. uh cutscene, you see much about, you know, human sacrifice and bloodletting and just terrifying demons and people betraying each other there's a, a a good hint at like a bunch of cannibalism and you know demon summoning and things like that so it's definitely darker in tone it surprised me because the gameplay was surprisingly good for games like this you kind of go in and you click 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 and you just it's hordes of enemies and you have um not a whole lot of strategy to it famously there wasn't a whole lot of uh counter measures to employ no like evasiveness where now you have a dodge roll multiple skills where you can dash out of the way and they've tweaked the game now where it's not just about killing and clicking the button quickly it's about where you're standing and your positioning and at higher levels with difficulty it's going to throw more at the player to kind of get that brain working a little bit and take away some of the mindless like action um it really bothered me about Diablo and all the other Diablos I've played where you have a group kind of traveling together and it's absolute chaos on screen. If you, tr you travel with up to four people, 
um, playing multiplayer or solo, um, but it's online only, no matter which mode you go with. Oh, and really? it's like um, MMO elements this time around. So as you travel around, you could be playing solo and you'll see people, random other people, because you're in an instanced world. And oh, I really? will see somebody else who's playing and 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 they will start attacking something. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Let me go and attack that same thing. Oh, look, now there's a mini random quest opening up and I can, uh, for grand, amazing loot and prizes, help this person just randomly on my way somewhere else. And I'll tell you, I've played some MMOs and it's done surprisingly well where that like draw to just say, oh, this world event is happening. Go over here and help these two people that you see traveling. And it's not rocket science where you have to coordinate. It's not very complex gameplay. So really you just have to go. And then it's just power fantasy and you're just unleashing, you know, a barrage of arrows or fire or this poison trap. And it's all very punchy. And you're like, I, I played as a rogue, uh, and I have this multi-arrow shot and it goes doo -doo 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 -doo, like like a nice punchy um, uh, attack. And then I have this, again, like different traps and it goes boof and just like everything's exploding. And it, it did awaken that primal like sense of let's just blow shit up. And I'm going to come. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come all over this game. So They came all um, over the place. Everybody's coming everywhere. <laughs> so imagine a very hectic, action-packed hack and slash game that looks really great this time around. The loot grind is there where, oh, I got another shiny thing. Let me equip that now. Let me try a different character. Let me try, you know, these skills. Um, do, and it's I've, it's been a great I've, beta so far. I've never played a Diablo game. So do you... You would absolutely hate it. I would. <laughs> well, do you so, do you select like one character and go through a campaign, or is this literally just about playing a level and not having any sort of narrative pull? So the reason that you would hate it is because it's uh, very heavily multiplayer focused. You're gonna have the bread and butter of it is getting a crew together and teaming up, and you can solo, which is fine, and um, be alone. But then you have you get a lot more aggro and you might be cornered by a rush of, of wave of enemies and the game will scale and give you more enemies and more difficult enemies as you play with others. So if you solo again, you could find random people in your instance and you can even try to group up with them if you want to send a party request and stuff like that. But you would also hate it because of the, the story. It's there. In fact, I would say in Diablo 4, the way that the story plays out is um, a lot what, more well-written and also in smaller chunks. So you have the opening cutscenes, but then you also have mini cutscenes that will uh, spark like, okay, we are entering this abandoned church. And then this really cool scene plays out where the uh, main enemy starts to um, like kill some people inside and recruit them to their to their side and it's it looks you know really creepy and it, it looks very dark and it's very engaging the actual story was very surprising because it involves a lot of human um emotions of being tempted by power and how you would be willing to trade anything for what you want and mm. how family is very important to people in this world like but you 
it could also be kind of a broken relationship. Things like that are, are throughout, but at the Weird. same time, it's let's kill things all the time. So <laughs> it's, it's, you're always, it's another excuse to say, let's kill. So you're yeah. escaping a town or let's find the rune and place it in the, you know, like it's very, how do we find the rune level. by fucking killing everything? Yeah, <laughs> we have to kill these hundred wolves as a side quest. It's all about, killing bigger things and and finding the next difficult area and barely surviving in the chaos and great i drank a potion at the right time i unleashed this attack at the right time and again it's 50 50 like hints of uh too easy and mindless but then slight depth enough to keep me going and i think that was the surprising part for me because would you say it was I, surprising or would you say that you were low-key, literally dead-ass dead? I was low-key, literally dead-ass dead because I'm playing with friends and they give you a reward if you hit level 20 in the beta or 20 and then 25. So my friends got off and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it solo for a while. It's a new approach to the game where it's open world in the sense that in old Diablo games, you would start in a town and you would jump through a portal and it would take you to this area. And it's like, here's the forest, whatever. And you'd be in the catacombs, whatever. And then you'd zip back and it would be a hub. Now you have a town and multiple towns around the world that you walk out of the gate and then you just keep going and you keep going. Mm. And it's semi, like they say it's open world, like it's some revolution. But once you hit the edge of an area, there's this stutter in the loading map. So it's <laughs> not very seamless. It's yeah. like chop, 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 chop. And now now you're walking into the next area that has a clearly different color scheme and environment and, and stuff like that. So it's, they tried. And I was low key, dead ass, whatever. Low key, literally dead ass, dead <laughs> ass. And that I continued to play when my friends were gone and typically huh. so soloing wasn't a good experience. So I did find that having an instance world where things were going on, the other people were walking around. I felt like that pulled me. And as well, the combat as a solo, I felt challenged. I'm like, Oh, there was so many people. Let me make sure that I'm positioned correctly, managing my, my health items. I love the skills that I was unlocking every 30 minutes. Is and all that stuff going to carry over to the full game now? No, that, it's not. You no. have to reset. And and there's about six characters that you can choose from. You have like the barbarian brute that is slower. Um, you have the uh, character that can turn into animals. What do they call it? Not an animancer. I forgot. The, the sorcerer who has magic, the rogue, different things. The necromancer that can summon skeletons. There's all sorts of cool skills. And in this game... There's a lot more variation and a different way to unlock. In the beta, you can spend a small amount of resources to respec. So I would select a skill I didn't like. It would let me get all my points back and say, you know what? I'm not hmm. going to use arrows. I'm going to use swords, which give you all sorts of different skills. And I'm going to combine this skill with that skill. And I was resetting all the time. And that freedom really kept me going. Had that not been there... I'm afraid that I would have experienced what I did in other Diablo games where you just so happen to choose this and it's not an optimized build. Wrong path. And, yeah. and you have wrong path and it's not as fun. If you choose the right skills and are given the freedom to experiment, 
you are going to have a blast because there are things in here where, man, I'm blowing this up and I'm freezing this guy and I'm doing that. And it feels great. It sounds great. And, and, and the world is, uh, feels dangerous. And it was a perfect mix for me that this was the most fun I've had with a Diablo ever. And I am getting this game. And I, wow. that's what, I, that's what I'm dead ass surprised about that. It's ca- captured me. Like it, I, I, I was so upset at the whole like setup, setup and the premise of there be, there is going to be a battle pass, $10 for the lower um. tier. There's a free battle pass here and the game is 70. Wait, the game is $70. So it's one of these games that's on the new charge more, um, you yeah. know, for the base. And if you pay more, you know, there's hundred dollar plus version that you could get early access the whole thing so it's it, i'm surprised that it held my attention because i want combat that that requires something more than just spam the button you would hate it adam and i really <laughs> wish i'd really wish that you would have tried like the beta form or something i hope that they have a friend pass like hey get a friend in for like the weekend thing later on because um I, I would like you to at least try it. I think like your son would probably like it from just like, let me get an action game. If we're, if it were not so he loves cannibalism. Well, if it were not so for the, for the themes, cause it's definitely, we fed you demon blood and now you have, you know, visions of the, the prophecy of the end times. So oh, that, that old story. Yeah, that is there. So it's, it's Sesame street meets like Hannibal Lecter meets like bloodletting it's it's a lot but diablo 4 is at the top of my most anticipated list wow um, for the year and it was on my radar before but there was just something about that mindless loot grind that like really spoke to me this time around and hopefully it's not too predatory hopefully there's enough content uh so to speak to go through that are going to keep things interesting all of a sudden you see this zombie bear pop out at you and you're like whoa and all of a sudden you'll see like uh, a story bit where this person's like begging for your help and the voice work is really well done and they're like help me find my son or whatever and then it turns out that the son was missing but now it's like an evil spirit and it's like attacking you with all sorts of things it there there's just there's just enough there to elevate the game from what I've experienced in previous titles. Makes you wonder if you're like one of these characters, like why you, why do you fucking live there? It sounds like a terrible place to hang around. Just There's, like demon spirits and zombie bears. And when you look at the, um, why I moved to the fa- suburbs, <laughs> all these fantasy worlds, like it is kind of odd, right? It's like, what are we here? Like, uh, there's a couple odd things where it's like, oh, we need to eat. We're very hungry. This is a local business, like very grounded, right? Like, oh, we need supplies for this town and going to Home this. Depot. Yeah, you know, they a talk, zombie bear. You talk about normal things, but then you know you have these fantastical things, and it's just it is wild. Good point, Adam. You're right. I want somebody to make that game where it's straight up just a dude in the suburbs do your life but it it just happens to be like full of dark magic you know he's going to target he's making the target run and he's got to cut through like an entire troop of skeleton warriors but that's just totally normal you know why why do i love this idea adam it's it doesn't sound great i love it all right let's talk about let's talk uh, i'll tell you what we started with something a little family friendly we went dark 
Let's stay dark and we'll bookend it with something super cheery. So let's talk about your next game, which is Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 is a survival horror third-person shooter developed by Capcom, and it's available now on the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. RE4 Remake. Man, I as soon as I'm done with Chia, this is my pickup. This is my pickup. I'm so excited for this game. I was surprised that you didn't bring this one up because we have, if, if you're a fan of everything, anything, it's Final Fantasy Resident Evil. That's Adam Leonard. Yep. And I can't believe that you didn't jump at this. I I'll know. be honest. I'll be it's honest. Just a t- it's just a timing thing. It's just a timing thing. I still haven't played Dead Space Remake. Oh, yeah. What a game. What a game. Dead Space is as excellent. I love them. Shout out Dead Space 2. But um, I am low-key, literally dead-ass dead that Adam Leonard did not play Resident Evil 4 out the gate. It's going to happen. Just give me a minute. Give me some time to breathe. I got this game where I'm playing as a little girl who plays the ukulele <laughs> and turns into a coconut. When are you not? Uh, so Resident Evil 4 Remake is the next entry in the Resident Evil franchise remakes that have been coming out that are all really well done. The elevation of the graphics on the RE engine that they're using for these things has just brought new life into these games. And that that engine is freaking unbelievable. You shoot zombies and then they have like dismemberment the way that light and and dark, the shadows that are cast. um, it's, It's the way that they intended it to be, right? Creepy you know, where's something going to pop out at you? And they've used the technology that's available now to great effect. It is dope. If you haven't, you know, our RE2 remake, RE3, they're available, you know, for like 10, 15 bucks now. Resident Evil 4 has kept up the level of quality and it is earning perfect 10 scores, masterpiece from people all around gaming and the fans and the critics alike um it's just universal acclaim so we have it sitting at a meta score of like 93 it's it everyone's very pleased with this and i think that the thing that's most exciting for me is with these remakes when they take slight um deviations from the yeah. original story and layout when i played this game i made a video about the resident evil 4 chainsaw demo and it's the entry area the the verse first starting like hour of the game and you enter this uh small town in europe and you have uh villagers who are seems to have lost their minds and are, are for some reason very aggressive and trying to kill and maim and brutalize everything around that are not of their own so this was a classic classic intro to a classic game and it's just action-packed you know you have the chainsaw uh wielding maniac chasing you around and it's just a tense game i remember it i beat it uh the original resident evil 4 back in the day and it was it was a looker by those standards back then and Mm -hmm. I did a side-by-side video comparison, and it was dog shit visually <laughs> compared to yeah. what's happening now. You can check it out at Megadads on YouTube, and I do uh, a quick side-by-side and talk about some things that have changed, some things that have been surprising. And it's just, it's incredible how you take a game that had such a 
a grand following. And then I mean, it's you... widely considered one of the best games of all time. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I do like Resident Evil for the creepy horror aspect. But the, I, I wasn't so big on the puzzles and backtracking and and all of that. I felt like um, getting lost in a maze wasn't my thing. Like, oh, where do I go now? And Resident Evil 4 is much more like semi-linear into the yeah. next large area, into the next large area. And then it was action, action, action. After this, Resident Evil as a franchise went a big action turn. So with the third person over the shoulder shooting be a heavy part of Resident Evil 4, whereas other titles, you had like 10 bullets, you got to use them wisely. In this one, yeah. you are picking up ammo left and right, throwing a grenade, upgrading your weapons is a huge thing in this game. And it's just, they've taken liberties with the story. Um, they have obviously upgraded the graphics and when you do the side by side, it's odd. Like I, I remembered the layout of the town and they actually recreated the town. I would say it's like 80% the same thing, but then like different tweaks, um, minor spoiler, like in the town, you're able to run away. And that's the whole thing. You you can't do anything but run away in this first little town area. And in the original game, you would climb up this ladder and you'd reach the bell tower and you could kind of cheese and go, go up there, heal, run down, etc. Like it was just this part where it was semi safe for a minute and you could go up and down and hit the people on the bottom when you jump down. And it was like, just a quirky thing with the original game. <laughs> I'm climbing the ladder and I'm like, I remember this going up. I need to heal. I go up, I take one step and the whole thing collapses. Like, no not, way. <laughs> yeah, they're like, not this time. We got rid of this part. Boom. And like ammo and stuff is obviously in different areas yeah. and things are, oh my God, like the moments are just still there that captured you that surprised you and now that they can play with your memories yeah. um they can put the scare in the different spot they can put the action in a different way and they have made a lot of tweaks but to take something so loved and and mess with it without pissing people off that's just an achievement you know yeah. like it, it's great whoever like whoever's manning these remakes like bravo like um you can do it right and you can do it wrong. And I'm sure we've seen that. I can't wait for you to play it. I can't wait to play it more. Um, and I haven't tried it on Steam Deck, but uh, on PC. So PC is where I'm playing it. Steam Deck is the next thing to try. So on Steam. So exciting. I, I love that we're in a place where like some of these games that were really in my like prime time of coming in as a game are like the Final Fantasies and the Resident Evils. They're all coming back in big, big ways, and they're doing so not only pushing forward with new entries like Resident Evil 8, which is fantastic, but by also honoring and bringing back some of that classic stuff that we love. You're seeing it with Final Fantasy VII Remake. You're seeing it with the Resident Evil remakes, and it's just, I can't wait to see more people do this. I know I know a lot of people are like worn down on remakes, but like, give me all the dead space, give me metal gear, just give me all that stuff repolished, redesigned and, and modernized for today's gaming standards. Cause like you said, your brain tricks you thinking that RE4 on GameCube was like the peak of gaming, <laughs> but like that old game, you couldn't even aim and move at the same time. Right. So it's yep. like simple stuff like that, that they've 
that they've brought into the new age that services that experience for a new audience and for people like us who remember playing it back on the old purple lunchbox. So very excited. Very excited. It's not family friendly. Do not let your kids in on this. There are um, QTE executions with the knife that made me wince. Like, uh, I was like, oh, they redid that. It's like like, knife into the side of the head, twist. Just like, oh, my God, that old lady. She had it coming, though. She came after me with a pitchfork. It's it's clean your ear with this buoy knife. Awesome. Well, we have one more game to talk about. (gasps) And it's I'm going to breeze through this one a little bit. But I do wanna I do wanna talk about Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe is a platformer developed and published by Nintendo, and it's available now on the Switch. Now at the beginning of the year, I made and I don't know if a resolution is the right word, but I, I made a, a, a declaration that I wanted to play more on my Switch this year. I have not been the biggest fan of playing on my switch for the last couple of years oh there are many reasons for that uh, much of it to do with pricing but i wanted to play a little bit more on my switch and nintendo sent us a copy of kirby's return to dreamland deluxe this is the first kirby game that i have ever played we have the um god what was the one that just came out not that long ago for the switch uh, it was a 3d platformer one uh I can't remember the name of it, but we have that game. Elliot played it. He enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't touch it that much. I did it it's 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 video gaming for the younger set, right? And I was as a one player game, I wasn't gonna play that game. It's not for me. Return to Dreamland Deluxe is kind of the Nintendo bread and butter of it is a side scrolling platformer with four player simultaneous co op. Now Everybody that's played these games, you know, you're, you've got your new Super Mario Brothers and your um, Mario 3D World and your Donkey Kong Countries. You know, the, the, the co-op four-player chaos in a Nintendo game is, like, top-notch. Everybody loves that kind of stuff. And with Kirby, it's, it's that concept, but it's four little kids. And... It takes the co-op craziness of, you know, Kirby, one Kirby can jump on the other Kirby's back and he can you know, give him a piggyback ride or you can inhale one of the other guys and carry him around in your mouth. But it doesn't have that that quasi-competitive aspect like the Mario games had where you can bounce off of somebody's head and send them into a, into a pit and they die. There's really no serious penalty at all in this game. If you die, you just push a button and you come right back no penalty the platforming is there but kirby at any time can just infinitely float if you keep pushing the jump button he just flies through so it's like it's baby's first platformer kind of yep and playing this with my kids uh obviously people who listen to the podcast and watch our youtube stuff know that elliot is a pretty hardcore gamer like the kid played through horizon forbidden west mostly on his own so he's he's skilled right but my daughter doesn't play very many games at all. She plays like, you know, Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, uh, Mario Party, that kind of thing. So to have something like this where it's it's got the platforming and the co-op stuff for the Nintendo educated, but it's also really simplified for kids who aren't fluent in gaming. Yep. We just had a lot of fun with it. Um, 
it was something that we were able to play at our own skill level. Like I can run around and collect the hard to reach collectibles and she can just float on by and feel like she's participating. Uh, so I feel like it's kind of, it's, it's, it's got the Nintendo bread and butter of the, the co-op family fun. And it's got all the mini games, which I really liked. I love the mini game section in this game where you can collect coins and get cosmetics for playing through the main campaign. Um, but it's really aimed at that family experience, which I've had a few of these moments where I can sit down and play with everybody in my family. We did this with Ninja Turtles last year. Uh, and it's a great time to be able to sit on the couch the way I like to play multiplayer, to sit on the couch with people around me and have that exact same experience at the same time. I enjoyed it. It's not It's not going to be on anybody's short lists for Game of the Years. There's nothing outstanding about it that it does, but it's just a very simple good time that you can have with anybody at any age in your family and everybody feels like they're contributing something to it. So I, I, I thought it was a good time. It's my first Kirby experience. I don't know if they're all this simple. I don't know if that's like an, uh, uh, um, a series staple, but you know, it's a good time for kids and dad was able to get in on some of the fun too. And we had a good time with it. Have you ever played a Kirby game? Yes. I, so the one that you were talking about that came out before this for the switch was Kirby and the forgotten land. That's the, it. Yep. It, it, it's a, like 3d where you can go all axes instead of the side scrolling. Um, I tried that as a demo, but I have played other Kirby games. I forgot the, it was the friend centered one, which is the one that I had bought. Um, it was again for the switch. Kirby's had a lot of outings, right? And they keep going yeah. back to the well and I do think that for that age group, it's really good. I did have fun with the Kirby games that I've played in the past. And you can't beat the music of these games. They're mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. I saw, uh, Adam, you streaming with your family and playing this. And it was just a beautiful moment. You see all four people with controllers just coming in, popping in, picking up and play. And everyone having a great time and just like being able to go through. And your wife's having fun and your daughter's having fun. And it's just like... What a beautiful thing, you know, that's that's a beautiful part of gaming. And I think that Kirby is is a great avenue for that. Uh, again, very low skill ceiling. Let's just it's like go. training wheels video game. Yeah, you know? everything's blowing up. There's colors everywhere. It's just the perfect acid trip for of all ages. So it's great. Yeah, I, li I like Kirby. Uh, I would love, you know, from more of a challenge uh, in games in general. So it is mm -hmm. kind of hard to keep my attention over time. Yep. But this is definitely one I'm going to play with my daughter when she's ready. I mean, this is, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, I've, I've found that it's like, you almost have to approach it like it's a party game, right? Like mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're having an interactive experience, but it's more about the experience that you're having on the couch than it is about the experience you're having on the screen. Absolutely. And when you're playing with kids and the craziness that comes out of that, like that's half the fun, just as much as what they've programmed into the software. And so you, I almost approached it like, I'm not really here for the platforming. I'm not really here for the superpowers. I'm here for the party. I'm here yeah. for the good time. And for and sure. for that, I think this game uh, succeeds at what it's trying to do. So perfect. That is Kirby. It's got the it's got the longest name ever. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch. All right, we're gonna leave it there. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with some headline news. 
The place to be for Megadad socials is the Megadad's Discord, where you can engage with your favorite Megadads, as well as other friends of the Megadads every single day in our stress-free and welcoming social space. When you're a member of our Discord, you will get alerts for all of our content drops, so you never have to miss a review, a podcast, or a hot take. Partake in our fun weekly Megadads holidays like Waluigi Wednesday and Final Fantasy Sunday. And become an active participant to make it on JB's Discord leaderboard. Megadad's Discord is fun, free, and follows you wherever you go. Join us today and become part of the conversation. Welcome back to Megadad's Live and a big thank you to those Plus members for helping us keep the lights on here at Megadad's headquarters. Everything that we do here at Megadad's is made possible because of the support of folks like you. And we really mean that. We would love for you to be a part of this Megadads Plus community that we have. Megadads has been going for nine years now. And everything that we do and every initiative, every push that we make, make the website better or the podcast better, the YouTube channel better. And, you know, All that stuff takes time and it takes money. And we would really appreciate any investment that you could make into the community. Of course, we don't want anybody to um, to subscribe if it heart if it's if it's too harsh on their financial situation of course not all of our content is free here but if you got a buck head over $1. to patreon.com slash megadads it only takes one dollar a month it's not a lot to ask right uh, it depends depends i'm kind of strapped right now adam but no one dollar everyone if you can look us up on patreon and become a megadads plus member thank you I'm so so come. yeah we will. I'm gonna come. Okay, settle down, it came Donnie. all over the place. Oh my God, Donnie. And it's time for the headlines. Every month we bring a news story to discuss here on the podcast. Something that we think is relevant. Um, I think the easy, the easy topic this month is the cancellation of E3. But we talked about that last month. We predicted it. So <laughs> we're gonna talk about something a little bit differently. My news story. I'll go first. Nintendo released a gameplay demo for The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, the highly anticipated sequel to what many people would consider to be one of the greatest games of all time. So everybody's hyped for this. It's supposedly Switch's last hurrah, right? Like Nintendo has basically said, this is it, folks. This is all we got. We're not <laughs> telling you anything until Zelda's out of the way and towards the end of the year. Um, so they're they're all in on this game. Tears of the Kingdom. And I gotta say, I gotta say that I'm thinking that I might be a little disappointed with this game. Holy shit. I, I am a person. Holy shit. I am a person who puts Breath of the Wild if not at the top of my list of favorite video games, it's easily top three, right? Absolutely fucking fantastic masterpiece. But everything that I've seen from this follow-up underwhelms me in a way that I wasn't sure if I was able to really identify until, strangely enough, I started playing Chia. And the problem I have with everything that I've seen from Tears of the Kingdom is the sense of wonder and discovery from Breath of the Wild is completely gone. Now, there's 
there's a big possibility that Nintendo's holding a lot behind the curtain. I'm, I'm assuming they are holding a lot behind the curtain. But everything they've shown is of a Hyrule and of a world that I've already seen. A character that I've already seen. Enemies that I've already met. Locations that I've already discovered. Um, the big revelation in this gameplay demo was kind of like the 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 building building blocks, the Legoification of this game, where you can take all sorts of components and stitch them together, and little big planet yourself a vehicle by hot wiring a fan to the back of a log and making a boat, and it's it's an interesting hook, right? But. What I loved so much about Breath of the Wild wasn't like the combat or the puzzles. It was that, oh my God, what is this location? Like, what is this shrine? I just went over this hill and there's this valley that's overgrown and there's a temple down there. And what what is this place? I didn't even know this was here. And everything we've seen from Tears of the Kingdom is like a retread of that Hyrule. And I have to wonder how much discovery there is in this game besides... What happens when I put this block with this block and make it go? Did you watch this gameplay teaser? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I got more hyped than I was. And like, I'm the okay. direct mirror opposite of you. I Breath of the Wild is a great game, but it lost interest for me after a while for two reasons. One was the uh, weapon degradation because I like action and I like combat. Uh, if you recall, Twilight Princess um, was one of the more action-heavy Zelda games and one of my favorite. You just had a good arsenal, and it was in, all the weapons were interesting to use. And they even had like a tower mode at the end that was just all about combat. Like Zelda can have good combat. It could also be very rudimentary. And I think that Breath of the Wild was somewhere in between. The problem yeah. was that you had an amazing weapon that you just killed this very difficult enemy for and it shoots fire and it's going to be used for about 10 minutes yep. and it's like i always <laughs> held on to these things with your limited inventory and they would break or you'd have to like bide your time and say oh i'll use this eventually on something big but then you wouldn't or something would yeah. happen and it was just it, it took away from what i think we could be could have been a strength with this one i walked away more excited than ever um, because it seemed to solve the problem of the weapon degradation and that there was no, there was kind of a lack of where you were going to get the next weapon from. Now you can do, do a stick and a rock together and you have a weapon. So it, it's still, they still, the, break, they, they still break, but you can be more creative and have more at your, in your arsenal at a moment's notice. So you just pick up whatever's in the room around you or whatever's in the world. And that creativity has reinvigorated for me the combat aspect of it. it. They only gave you a taste of it, but just putting an arrow with an item and making it into a completely different gameplay mechanic is just mind-blowing to me. The other thing I didn't like is actually similar to you. The world, it was great, beautiful, expansive. When you get to like the desert, when you get into the air, when you get into the mountains and they introduce something uh, visually and gameplay wise, which is like, wow, this is fantastic. You're treading old ground in a way here, but I would bet the farm that they are going to introduce a, a splash of new into the formula. So, yes, it's the same 
land or map or basic landmarks. But a lot of Breath of the Wild was empty. A lot of it was rolling hills for 25 minutes. And now they're like, you can zoom up to this new <laughs> island area in a moment uh, once you get the right skills, of course. Or you can work hard to make a vehicle that's going to get you to this sky island. And we have no idea how many sky elements there will be. And I also have a very distinct uh, thought that two things are going to happen. There will be full, incredible uh dungeon temples and that they will listen to that feedback and i believe there's going to be a dark world or underworld that's going to be expansive and that it's going that to would be, be awesome yeah. i think what you're seeing is one third the land the air and the underground based on different people speaking about uh fan theories and lore and all sorts of hints i do believe that they're going to finally go triple threat because they've done a alternate dark world before they've done past and future you know in different games i'm thinking they're throwing everything at this and that they're they know that they can't keep your attention even with the most insane gameplay mechanics that they introduce i think they want to be excellent in what they do and that's what makes this these games so amazing they've thought it through they want to surprise you and they want they know that the sense of wonder is what made Breath of the Wild. And they're like, you know what? We're going to do it again. And that's what I think. I think it's behind the curtain still. This game launches pretty soon, right? Yes. This is a, is this June? It's, uh, d this was delayed, was it not? So oh, maybe it was. E either which way, they don't have a lot of time to unveil anymore. Now, granted, this is Would Zelda. They, want they don't to. need they it. They got everybody. Don't yeah, it's they don't have to. Um, but I just, I've found myself just like, okay, what am I? I May yeah, 12th. What? May 12th. May? It, it, yeah. Jesus, so, this is right around the corner. Well, here's the thing that I'm surprised at, and I've heard your um, trepidation, whatever it is. Like, people are on the fence about it, and they're like, what? I can't believe it. And like, so you have people who love Breath of the Wild, right? And it literally is more Breath of the Wild, at the very least. And then you're disappointed with it. I, I think it's like very odd, right? Because well, it's like, I can't believe this is a lot of the same stuff we've seen. But that same person is like, I loved it so much, right. but more. And but I'm like, uh. Here, here's, here's the thing for me is, okay, so I spent a lot of time and a lot of people spent a lot of time in breath of the wild probably like a hundred hours yeah which is a lot game. for me Big a lot game. for me right yeah. um but once i kind of like covered all the stuff like i wasn't the person the no like i wasn't the person that was going to go and do all that i wanted to discover all the things that i could discover and then once i felt like i discovered it all then i was done i've never gone back to the game i i put it away after i finished it and then no I was master done. mode for you what's that no master mode for you the dlc no, that introduced the i did the i got the motorcycle mechanic. you know okay. all that stuff but um but the 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 big thing about that game to me was this whole new world and i don't know i guess i i'm not i'm not doubting that this is going to be a good game i just the thing that i loved so much about the the previous one was what's around that corner what's over that hill and i feel like i kind of know that based on what they've shown and i hope that there are some surprises or some secrets that's all 
it's it's wild because they did already kind of go back to the well in the dlc with the master trials with like uh, added difficulty with the champions ballad and it was always about man we have this uh sandbox you know world with physics-based gameplay that people are going to be discovering ways to manipulate for like uh, like so many years throughout the whole lifespan of the switch if you look up on youtube things you didn't know you could do in zelda breath of the wild they're coming out with stuff like yeah. still like amazing high level gameplay and it is a masterpiece in the sense of of a s- gameplay systems and now with all the skills that they were showing off in the latest gameplay trailer that's an do it for you then all these things with combining things lego styles zipping up into the I air i think that's all cool more. i think that's i thought it was cool. fantastic I- I think I would have been probably more inclined to be excited if they would have showed some more story. I'm a huge story guy. Like oh. I like I like the gameplay stuff, um, but to me, it's like it's all about the story and that sense of place. Well, um, I mean, it's it should be exciting to you, in in my opinion, in that and that you don't know, like yeah. we don't know. You know, there's there's so it's much true. existing lore there mm-hmm. and i have faith that they are going to take what's there and subvert expectations and take things in an, in a way that you didn't expect i even to this day believe that there will be a multiplayer aspect to it where zelda and link will team up together and you will be able to control a second character either by switching to them as a single that would be amazing um, or being able to pick up a second controller. Now, I, th- I just thought, based again on the trailers and the way things were presented, you know, he has that hand. Like, is this an evil power he's wielding? You know, a lot of people were like, is this even Link? Like, I think there's so much uh, we don't know, and that gets me uh, excited. Um, speaking of Zelda. Remember Labo VR? I do remember Labo VR. I bought some Labo. I got Labo. I got I got a lot of uh, cardboard. I I laugh for a good twenty minutes at the introduction of Labo. I'm like, there's so much cardboard. Can't. Anyway, what's your story? Wait, that was it. That was the tape. Remember Labo? I didn't say anything. All all I have to say is remember Labo. That's the Uh, hot take. I put together Labo. I had the piano and the house and I made yeah. the piano and I kept it for my daughter. And I was like, I labored on this thing and I, I had some fun with it, but this is for my daughter. And she was, you know, not born at the time, but we knew she was coming. And I was like, let me keep this right here. I took it from place to place as we moved. And then one day she just crumpled it up. Like she yeah. found it and just like, and I was like, I kept this for years. <laughs> and it, it, it was a heartbreaking moment, but then I'm like, I could always buy more cardboard. So <laughs> we're good. Tons of fun, Adam. Tons of fun. So I uh, quickly wanted to go through a new story that brings gamer life and uh, real life together. So we talk about parenting whenever we can, about the joys and pitfalls. And I think that this story really hits home. So about mid-March, we had a story come out of China about a parenting snafu. Uh, More like straight up abuse actually. So this father catches his son, 11 years old, playing video games 
I believe just on this phone uh, mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the morning. Can you believe it, Adam? I can't even I, stay up to one o'clock in the morning. Right. I mean, more power to you. You got the energy. So he's obviously likes the game. You know, he got carried away. I think we all have. Um, so as a punishment, this father makes his son play for 17 hours straight. When the kid would fall asleep, he'd shake him awake (laughs) and he would make him play more and more and uh, released a video on China's version of TikTok. And basically the son was also saying like, yeah, I played until I vomited and like like, torturing his son. Like it's that whole thing. Like, you know, like back in the day there was this like, horrible practice of like oh i caught you smoking cigarettes yeah you want to smoke cigarettes this whole pack, yeah. smoke this whole pack like can you imagine like i'm gonna poison you like force poison smoke you know like as a punishment so you learn your lesson so uh turns out the kid loved it he leveled up you know right a lot of money no he he was he was uh on the edge of uh destruction he it was torture and it's it's terrible you know obviously with the dad did and i don't think it was like necessarily effective and how old was this kid 11 so 11 playing for 17 hours straight you know it's it's dangerous to be like sleep deprivation is no joke you i've you know if you ever had kids and you had to be Mm. up with a child um who's you know learning to sleep through the night or maybe who's sick or anything like that like our our baby had rsv and we had to be up for a long time like we hardly got any any sleep for like three days and it it takes a toll on you so you don't want to be doing that to a kid like that and it was rough in in a lighter note i wanted to get your thoughts on that but also talk about if you ever got carried away and addicted to a game where you would lose sleep over it and all of a sudden you blink and it's 3 a.m like do you did that ever happen to you either like as an adult or when you were a kid you ever get like kind of carried away with a game well first of all first of all i want to say if if you were ever wanting to torture someone by making them play a game for 17 hours choose sonic frontiers um because there is no experience (laughs) that would be more torturous for 17 hours straight than playing that fucking snoozer of a Sonic the Hedgehog game. (laughs) Um, Secondly, when was the last time I got carried away with the game? Well, I think, I think probably the game for me would have been crazy taxi back Mm -hmm. on the Dreamcast uh, because that was an, that was an arcade style game. Whereas you played, you were like running up the clock. You you drop off a, a person at their stop, and you'd get a little more time on the clock. And the better you'd get, the more time you'd get on the clock. And the whole thing is, you want to get that high score. You want to get that longest time. And I can remember being late for work, like viciously late for work. <laughs> viciously uh, because, late <laughs> because I was like, I can't stop this run. I've been playing for like an hour, but like I've never gone this far in Crazy Taxi, so fuck work. Yeah. I'm going to take this guy to the baseball stadium, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um I think that's probably I, I I'm I'm not what, a guy What job did you have at the time? Were you doing emergency surgery or what was the Oh, elderly care. Yeah. Elderly care. Yeah, they died. Um, they oh died. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. 
You got to crack some eggs to make an omelet. Out. Well, everybody's going to go eventually, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm not a person, like, even when I love a game and I'm immersed in a game, to, these days, like, I don't overstay my welcome yeah. with a play session. Even if I'm having a really good time, I think, like, an hour is probably, like, my 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 checkout point where I'm like, I've been here too long. I've got other things to do, other responsibilities. Um, so it's rare that I play more than like an hour, unless it's like a, like an extra live stream or something like that. So I'm very responsible in my older age of, of checking my screen time. Mm -hmm. What about you? So recently it was uh, vampire survivors. It's just an addicting, like kind of has gotcha elements where it's just like, masses of enemies coming at you and you're just constantly leveling up and getting oh, new yeah, skills yeah, yeah. kind of like a diablo like in in a sense but nice 8-bit art style the um handheld steam deck has put gaming on the forefront of my life once again because you can get in some gaming before bed now the you thing still about get these, a lot of use out of that steam deck you're, you're at, putting oh, most fantastic. of your most Always. of your playtime there it's it, it, so similar to when the switch came out um, having gaming as a convenience is huge for parents. So that's why I recommended the Switch at the time. And now you just have more power in the Steam Deck. And it has that same save state feature. You just click the button and it snoozes. Then you come back and you're playing like a Steam PC game right from where you left off. So I'm playing through all sorts of stuff. Fallout New Vegas, etc. Like new games that are like, you know, AAA. The battery life depends. So... For intensive games, you could play for an hour and a half, and it's gonna die when you're playing like a 60 frames per second, um, you know, AAA title. It could die super fast within an hour even. But with Vampire Survivors, you can play for I want to say like six, eight hours or something like that. So when the game came out, my Steam Deck. The only reason why I stopped was the Steam Deck would die. So I'd pick <laughs> it up and I would be playing for like four hours and melting in your hands in the morning. The other time that I've been like really carried away with gaming was Pokemon Yellow back in the day on, really? on Game Boy because I would play it so much that I would hear the Pokemon music in my head, like, and I couldn't sleep. You would hallucinate and it would be playing like, it, I can hear it right now <laughs> to this day. And it's, it actually um, ended up becoming a condition that people would play um, video games so much the music would loop. Um, even when the game was off. And if you Google it, you can hear people talking about Pokemon music, kind of the phantom music playing uh, just because oh it got God. too... Yeah, I, I forget. <laughs> there was some type of name for it, but you can get... Um, you can play games so much that it affects you, you know, just that resonance of, of the music. So Pokemon Yellow was a dangerous thing for me. I, I would play way too much of that. Wow. Yeah. You know... I was thinking, um, both when we were having our conversation about Resident Evil 4 and even before the podcast, where I was thinking about the games that I haven't had time to play this year. Mm. And we were also talking about E3 and like how that's canceled. And um, I was thinking about like the PlayStation showcase and how it's been a really long time since PlayStation had like a big showcase, right? And Nintendo is said that they don't have anything to talk about for a long time. And part of me is like, I want the news. I want that information. I want that next game. But then another part of me is thinking to myself, I don't have the time to play half of the shit that I really, really, really want to play right now. 
And I almost wonder if that's the right way to do it is to just have more seldom big news drops. How, what do you feel about, how do you feel about that? Because like, I talk. To I my feel like there's like a nonstop news cycle of things coming out, but from like the big dogs from the Xbox and the Nintendo and the PlayStation, it feels like it's getting like, there's more time between those huge drops. And while I, I want to, to suckle on the teat of the new big exclusive games. I also don't have capacity for all these things that are happening, all these games that are coming out. Gaming has been saturated for quite a while already with Game Pass and with, you know, so many players out there and so many great things to play. You know, we've talked so many times about you used to play the same big game and everybody played the same thing for that year and everybody played the same four big titles. It's not like that anymore. There's too much. And I have FOMO, so fear of missing out. I want to play everything and, you know, try to keep up. And when I don't, I feel bad and I feel guilty and I feel like, you know, I I feel all these negative emotions. It's that way for me. And that is... Uh, you know, psychology thing. That is that is something that I have to work on as, as a person. And there's never enough time in the day. Like, I played Fallout New Vegas, replaying it on the Steam Deck, when I have a list of 10 things I haven't played yet that I could start on the Steam Deck. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But, yeah. um, but then I told myself, you know what, I'm having fun. So I kind of like let myself do it. But there's that voice in my head that says, you should be playing something on your backlog or, you know, right. a new experience. I'll, I'll play Overwatch too. And I know you play a lot of single player experiences and don't play a lot of online multiplayer. I love the competitive edge of like a Halo competitive game or Overwatch or things of that nature where it's like a sports title. It's like the same map and the same objective. It's slightly new experience each time, but a lot of it is just you're playing again and you're going up to get the gold medal and you got 20 kills this time like you got 10 kills last time and it's it's a different thing it's a different experience and all these lifestyle battle pass games can be real time sinks so i don't know what i don't do i'm a lost cause adam there's no helping me if you're listening to this you haven't fallen into any of the trap just try to have fun with your life okay don't be like me Mega Dad's Live is a cautionary tale. Yeah. All right, we're going to take one last break. We're going to throw it to JB with the Discord leaderboard, and then we'll wrap things up with the caboose. It's time for Discord leaderboard. At the Mega Dad's Discord, the It Me Bot tracks how much each member posts. And it's my job each month to tally those up and determine our most active members. This month, those members are in third place, Laffer. In second place, N. Johnson 5513. And in first place, still waiting on the PSVR 2 that he won from a contest on Twitter, Brian S. And our most active Megadads team member, Hypecaster. Post counts are reset on the first of the month, so get out there. Join in some discussions, and maybe next time, you can be on the Discord leaderboard. 
Thank you, JB, for the Discord leaderboard. We sure hope that you guys join us on the Mega Dads Discord. It is a great time. We are constantly having fun conversations. Conversation never stops over on the Mega Dad Discord, so make sure that you join up. And that whistle means that we've reached the end of this episode of Mega Dads Live. But the fun doesn't stop when the podcast does. There's so much coming out this week on Mega Dads, both on the website and the YouTube channel. Antonio, do you have anything special that you're working on this week or this month for Mega Dads? We just had a team meeting and we came out of it energized. The team is growing. We have so many ideas for how to make things better, more fun. I'm super excited. I don't want to break anything yet. A lot of the ideas are in their infancy and we are like just trying to put everything in a, in a pot and see what sticks as we throw it at the wall or whatever you call it. I don't know what the the damn saying is but basically things are coming down the pipeline and we hope that you come and have fun with us hopefully hey, we do a regular game that we want to come with you guys so <laughs> we're gonna have a regular game night i think where we try to put something in the calendar and say come have fun with the people talk with us play come. games yeah so it's it's gonna be great it is gonna be great we have all sorts of cool stuff happening uh this week on the youtube channel you can catch elliot and my review of the previously mentioned Kirby game. Um, we've got all sorts of really cool stuff happening over on the Discord. Follow us on the socials. So much fun to be had. But this is the caboose, so we have to bring a recommendation to you, the people, something that we have been enjoying outside of the world of video games. Antonio, what's in your caboose this month? So it just so happens that in order to wind down before bed, we will watch shows or things like that. We've gotten recently into on YouTube looking for documentaries of various types. And there is a rabbit hole I need to recommend to everyone. You want to look up octopus and amazing and the word amazing or, you know, octopus biology or octopus being aliens. Long story short, um, they are fascinating creatures, and if you check out the nature channels or documentaries every couple of years, there's new stuff. They're out there. They're going deeper into the ocean. They're finding new shit out all the time, and I would check out you know, just animal nature stuff every couple of years because there's always new stuff to find. Octopus in particular, um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out lately about them. They, they have basically evolved on a separate branch of the tree of life from us and one of the things we learned recently in one of these documentaries was that the arms of an octopus contain neurons so they can think independently so an arm what? of an octopus will basically anticipate movement and think and react and start to change color when they camouflage independent of the other arms and independent of the brain so it's just a lot of very very cool stuff that you can find if you go down the youtube uh, slash amazing animal rabbit hole but ch look out look out for octopus stuff um, are you saying recently. that the spider-man 2 movie with toby mcguire mm -hmm. was right all yeah. those arms from dr octopus they all acted independently they all had like little personalities when you learn about how an octopus changes their color and shape like what kind of like cells and and different things and how quickly it is look yeah. into that shit blow your mind you're low-key literally dead ass dead my caboose uh i want to recommend a game show um and it's called lingo lingo on cbs now this is a wordplay game show 
Uh, simple idea. You have to guess a five-letter word. You get the first letter of the word. You make a guess. Uh, if you get a letter correct in the right place, it turns a certain color. If you get a letter correct, but it's in the wrong place in the word, it turns a different color. And then you have a certain amount of chances to identify the word, right? The reason I want to identify this game, recommend Lingo to you, is um, that it's it's hosted by RuPaul. And oh, okay. The, the old iteration of Lingo <laughs> on the Game Show Network like 15, 20 years ago was hosted by Chuck Woolery, who is a notorious far-right Trumpy dude. Oh, um, okay. And this new version of Lingo is the gayest game show I've ever seen in my entire life, and I love it. I I'm looking love, at it right now, yeah. I love that this show is as woke as woke can be, and it must be just burning Chuck Woolery's underpants about how they've changed direction on this game show. This um, set looks amazing. Look this I up. love this show. CBS it's and so, Paramount Plus. Yeah, it's yeah. so much. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus? Yeah, that's what it's saying here. Oh, shit. Yeah. So tune in to Lingo. Um, it is so damn hilarious. If I mean, the game show is the game show, and it's fun to play along. We'll, we'll usually watch it while we're eating dinner, and the kids all guess and everything. We have a good time. But damn, the entertainment value from the hosting and from the guests and everything. Bravo. Bravo, Paramount, because it's a great time. It's great. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Megadads Live. Thank you so much, Antonio, for joining me. Thank you for doing your civic duty, Mabel. We got him. We will see you guys next month. I'm going to come. On Megadads Live. <laughs>